0: So when it comes to finding a home, not just a house, this is everything you need to know, all in one place. Homes.com, we've done your homework. Welcome to the Fantasy Baseball Today podcast from CBS Sports. I drive, center field,
1: hit the wall! This is magnificent. Got a fantasy question? Email baseball at cbsi.com. Get ready to win your league. Where fantasy becomes reality. Now here's Frank, Scott, Chris, and Adam.
0: Oh, hey there. Welcome to Fantasy Baseball Today. You are listening and watching this on Tuesday, September 8th. Hope you had a fantastic Labor Day weekend. Frank Stample joined, as always, by Scott White. And this is going to be a fun one because we've talked a little about 2021 drafts, but today on the show we're doing our first two-round mock draft for 2021. Get excited, Scott! How you doing? Woo! I'm excited.
1: I'm ready to do this. I've put together a little list. This is going to be kind of off the cuff. We didn't talk about it beforehand. You know, we didn't uh, we didn't confer with who the other was over who the other was going to take, but. Uh, yeah, we might catch each other by surprise. We'll see.
0: Yeah. Admittedly off the cuff. And I think that's going to make for a fantastic draft. Again, this is the first time that we're doing this. So, you know, Things might look a little bit crazy, and we'll, we'll talk through some things and see what's going on. And I'm sure by the time we're actually drafting in 2021, things will look entirely different. But it's fun to do that uh, at this point. And reminder, look, it's the first week of September. Things still can change over the course of the final couple of weeks here throughout the fantasy baseball season, along with the two-round 2021 mock draft. We'll answer your mailbag questions, at cbsi.com. And it's Team Name Tuesday. So, we've got a few of those, and I am looking forward to it. Scott, before we jump into the draft, I do just want to ask you a bit of a fantasy philosophy question. How much will 2020 production, or lack thereof, factor into player evaluation for 2021? Because I I think that's what's going to make next year so crazy, because you don't want to just completely dismiss things that happened in 2021 I think some people should gain value for what they did. You know, Manny Machado is a name. Maybe we'll talk about here in the first two rounds. Uh, but at the same time, I feel like there are players that we're just going to be like, all right, we're just going to sweep uh, 2020 under the rug and act like it never happened. So how do we marry those two things yeah. together for next season? I think um, my, my hunch just seeing,
1: uh, you know, some of the things being tweeted by people around the fantasy baseball community is that, too much emphasis is going to be put on 2020 for my liking i mean even the fact that we're doing this basically six weeks into the season is that about where we're at now uh six seven weeks six seven weeks yeah um yeah it's 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 kind of ridiculous to think that much would change during that time and yet i mean i my list here. It's not exactly the same as the first two rounds from this year. So I've certainly changed some things too. Uh, But guys like Christian Yelich, Cody Bellinger, I mean, they still strike me as first rounders, even though they obviously haven't performed like first rounders to this point. And um, it's because I have faith that over a full-length season they would they would get back to that level of production. We're just not going to have a chance to see it play out this year because it's it's uh, in the end, you know, adding three weeks that we don't even know about from today. It's still only going to be slightly more than a third of a full-length season, and uh, that's just not enough of a sample to to really um, know exactly what's going on for any of these guys.
0: Honestly, when you said in the end. I thought you were going to say it doesn't even matter. And I thought we were just going to break out into like Linkin Park and (laughs) And we were just going to. It doesn't
1: even matter. Yeah,
0: we could have done that. We could have. I wish I had now. Uh, Do you like Linkin Park,
1: Scott? That's the only song I know.
0: (laughs) (laughs) That's the one. (laughs) Uh, That's a pretty good one to know. And I I think most people know it as well. All right, so let's get things started. The way that this is going to work is. Uh, we're not really doing this with any type of league format in mind. It's not necessarily for auction or for head to uh, not auction, roto, or for head-to-head points leagues. Uh, and we're going to alternate picks. So, Scott, the gentleman that you are, I will give you first pick overall. Oh, who are you going to take? That makes,
1: that makes you the gentleman, not me. <laughs> well, Frank, if you must ask, my first keeping keeping with what I just said about not wanting to overreact to. Uh, seven weeks, six, seven weeks, whatever it's been. My first pick for a roto draft for 2021, if we had to do it today, would be this guy right here, Ronald Acuna. Yeah. Hey. <laughs> pick number one. He's missed a lot of time this year, and so it's not totally fair to assess him based on his numbers, but they're they're skewed by his, a typical Ronald Acuna slow start, and in between his injuries, he's just he's maintained – an even higher level of fire uh, than we've seen from him in the past. I believe coming into Sunday's action, he actually had a higher OPS than uh, Fernando Tatis for all the attention Fernando Tatis has gotten. Uh, he hasn't run much, and obviously stolen bases was a big part of why we were he became the number one overall pick heading into 2020. But it's just... It, particularly with the time he's missed and just given the nature of stolen bases and how they come together. I think it would be foolish to think like that's just not a part of his skill set anymore and uh, just seems to get better and better every year. So I'm confident still going with Ronald Acuna number one overall.
0: All right, Scott. So you do want to do this from a Roto perspective because when I introduced it right now, I said with no uh, league league format in mind. Oh, you did? Ah, no, but it's geez. fine. No, if you want to do it, like, would it change I your think, pick? Honestly, I think it's
1: really hard to do the with no format in
0: mind All thing right, so
1: because l- stolen bases, like they're they're of such inflated value in roto, um, that it's difficult to do. Acuna wouldn't probably wouldn't be my the number one overall pick in a points league.
0: All right, so let's do it from a let's do it from a roto perspective. Um, Okay, I don't want to come on. You just had the whole deal with your shirt. I mean, you're so excited about Ronald Acuna. We can't change things now. Uh, So yeah, Ronald Acuna. I don't have a problem with him going first overall in a roto draft heading into 2021. And with that, I am going to select old reliable. Mookie Betts, second overall in a Roto League, who is currently, at this point, batting 316 with 13 home runs, 32 runs, 31 RBI, and six steals. So if we had any concern over the steals going down in 2019 when they went down to 16, uh, it seems like so far those have bounced back in the first 39 games that he has played with the Dodgers. Uh, Might be a bit of a surprise that neither of us have said Mike Trouts at this point, but... In a roto draft, like, I don't know if Trout's going to run much anymore. So with that, the first two picks, I think Ronald Acuna and Mookie Bits make a ton of sense. When when you said old reliable, I thought you were going with Trout. Oh, no, no, no. Uh,
1: so to go ahead and speed this along, I will make Trout the number three pick. I would have gone with him at number two. He'd probably be number one in a points league. And, uh, you know, I think there's this impression that he's having a down year. Uh, he entered Sunday leading the majors in home runs. And certainly the batted ball stats look as strong as ever for Mike Trout. So, uh, yeah, I, I agree. It's, it's getting to be more concerning what's happening with the steals. Though I'll, I'll say what I did for Acuna too. I mean, just they, they tend to come in bunches. So it's, it's uh, I, I'm not sure we can really, I'm not sure this, real, this, this season's going to offer much clarity at all on that matter. Um, but like, you know, the other four categories are going to be there for trout. And, uh, although bets in a year like this, I mean, he's shown it before he's capable of performing like trout as a hitter. It's not as bankable as trout. So I'll make trout number three after bets. I would have gone with him number two, but it's not entirely my draft, Frank, and you are entitled to make your own decisions.
0: Fair enough. Um, All right. Look, I don't want to throw things off too much here, and I'm not trying to make, like, the shock jock picks, but in a roto draft, fourth overall, I don't think it's crazy to take Fernando Tatsis, and that is who I am going to be selecting. So Ronald Acuna first overall, Mookie Betts, Mike Trout, and then Fernando Tatsis. Reminder that we are recording this on... Sunday well now it's Monday it's past midnight on uh September 7th but at this point Fernando Tatis is batting 307 on the season with 14 home runs and seven seals and he is just awesome in every way He's ton of runs scored RBI as well looks like a legitimate five category contributor Fernando Tatis is the fourth overall pick for me Scott
1: yeah this is where I slotted him as well but if 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 I if if Chris Towers could make uh you know hit have his input on this draft he he tweeted this out today or Sunday I should say um gosh he tweets so much I can't find the tweet uh he tweeted out uh Tatis is definitely going to be the number one pick next season like it was part of a larger tweet but that was a statement within the tweet Tatis is definitely going to be the number one pick next season I thought. Definitely, that seems a little strong, uh, but I maybe he's right. Maybe this is an instance where I the rest of the fantasy community is going to lean heavier on just the 2020 numbers than I will. And uh, you know, if we're if we're drafting based on 2020 production alone, Tatis number one would make perfect sense. Mm-hmm. Uh, his strikeout rate is way down too. That's something we haven't talked about with him. Um. So if that continues it's just let's let's give it the last 3 weeks let's see where things stand then uh, certainly if he keeps everything up to the to the extent he has so far i think Tatis number 1 overall is something we'd have to consider but as of today i'm with you i have him i have him slotted 4th here 5th i'm going to go with the first pitcher off the board i think i think people in general are going to go even heavier after high end starting pitching and i'm going to be among them and the number one pitcher to take IMHO is Shane Bieber. Frank doesn't like it.
0: Mm, Frank doesn't like it. Uh, I love Bieber, man. Uh, <laughs> but I, I still think Jacob deGrom, as of now, is, is the number one pitcher. Just because we've seen him do it for longer. Uh, I get The argument's there. I, I, would, I would go with Jacob deGrom over Shane Bieber, as of now.
1: I mean, Jacob deGrom's been his best self. In 2020, he's been better than ever. He's 32 now. Uh, that that's probably the biggest drawback is he's 32, and just Bieber. Nobody eats innings like Shane Bieber does. He gobbles them up. He has an appetite for innings, and <laughs> uh, <laughs> and he's proven it now twice over. I think as much as this, as much as the 2020 season counts for.
0: Yeah, I think uh, I the, think it's definitely a conversation. I think it's you know a debate that we will have probably you know at the top. It's preference, Shane Bieber versus uh, Jacob deGrom. You mentioned the age, of course, but you also mentioned Jacob deGrom being the best version of himself, consistently throwing 99, 100 miles per hour. I was watching his start over the weekend, and it was like the fifth or sixth inning, and he's just pumping 100 miles per hour in there. Like, it's crazy, and he's throwing 93-mile-per-hour sliders, and he's been nicked up here and there, but yeah, I prefer Jacob deGrom as the first starting pitcher off the board, and I will take him sixth overall. So, Acuna... Betts, Trout, Fernando Tatis, Shane Bieber, and Jacob Degrom in a roto draft heading into twenty twenty one. You have the seventh pick, Scott. I slotted
1: Degrom six two. It's amazing how on the same page we are here. <laughs> well, we uh-huh. do
0: we do the show together, you know.
1: <laughs> <laughs> I I will go. This is this is this is where it gets tougher. Yelich is still out there. Bellinger's still out there. Of course, Cole. I feel like he's part of a stud SP trifecta. But I I think I'm ready to go one Soto as the next hitter off the board and the next hitter right now. Still remains... I, I think it's still an open question how much he's going to help in the steals category, but he doesn't appear to be in nothing there. And kind of like Acuna, as a hitter, he just gets better every year. And he's already basically like... one He's already basically like Albert Pujols in his prime as a hitter. Um and he's 21. My gosh, he's 21. His XPA right now is 356. His X-slug is 764. He's striking out 13.7% of the time. Yeah. Yeah, I'm, I'm going with Juan Soto 7th.
0: Yeah, I have absolutely no problem with it. I was considering taking him over some of the starting pitchers that we, that we took in this. But Juan Soto 7th overall, I think, makes a lot of sense. Uh, see where the steals kind of land. But gosh batting average it's quality of contact strikeouts going down you're right just continues to get better Juan Soto has been fantastic thus far <laughs> you're right this is where things get a little interesting it's is now the time to take the travel uh the struggling superstars of 2020 I'm gonna say no and, and this might be a little bit of a surprise but I, I'm gonna go with Trevor' story who at this point is batting 294 on the season nine homers nine steals and we talk about steals being so scarce in Roto formats. And I think Yelich and Bellinger definitely could chip in there. Um, but I trust Trevor Story at this point. Not worried about the splits, you know, especially in Roto. Like he's going to get his numbers over the course of a full season. I think he's just steady and consistent. And I think he is worthy of a mid first round pick in Roto heading into next year. So Acuna, Betts, Trout, Tatis, Bieber, DeGrom, Soto, Trevor Story, eighth overall. And Scott, you have the ninth pick.
1: I'm going Yelich. I'm going Yelich. I would have gone Yelich with your pick, and I'm going Yelich now. Uh, what number is this? What pick are we on?
0: That was ninth.
1: Okay, Yelich. Yeah, that, that seems like great value to me if that ends up happening. Uh, I have faith. I mean, he basically was Mike Trout the previous two seasons. I have faith that if he had enough time to catch up to Trout this, this season, he he would. The expected numbers look a lot better than the actual numbers. The strikeouts have been coming down. The quality of contact has been uh, just as good as ever in terms of how hard he's hitting the ball. So I really don't have any concerns about Yelich. He's been running even after the knee injury last year. Uh, yeah, boy. But the more as I'm taking a hard look at the numbers now, I'm wondering if I should have put Yelich even higher. But for this exercise, he's going to be ninth.
0: Uh, yes, fair enough. And I think it is, you know, should he go over Trevor's story? I think it's definitely a fair question to have. And again, these are conversations that we are going to have. And I'll go with the other struggling superstar. I'll, I'll take Cody Bellinger here, 10th overall. Speaking of the expected stats, as of September 7th, Cody Bellinger is batting 217 with a 447 slug. His expected batting average is 285, his expected slug is 500 and he still has 10 home runs and four steals, and he's young, still makes a lot of contact, not striking out much this year, plays in one of the best lineups with Mookie Betts. I think this is a good spot to get Cody Bellinger. What do you think, Scott? Should he, should he go higher than this? Is this, is this a fair spot uh, I, for I Cody have, Bellinger? I
1: have one person on my list ahead of him, so that's why I was clapping, because you left the other person <laughs> before me. But I do have Yellich as a... I'm, I'm sorry, I do have Bellinger as a first-rounder. Uh, which maybe not everybody would. Can you can you go ahead and run through the 10 names again just to, uh yes. help people out at home?
0: We have Ronald Acuna, Mookie Betts, Mike Trout, Fernando Tatis, Shane Bieber, Jacob DeGrom, Juan Soto, Trevor Story, Christian Yelich, and Cody Bellinger. For all of that talk about starting pitchers, Scott, we only have two in the first 10 picks. Uh,
1: now we have three because this is where <laughs> Garrett Cole is going. Pick number 11 for me. Uh, Garrett Cole, third pitcher off the board in the first round. I mean, come on. For the history of Roto, how many times have three pitchers gone off the board in the first round? Even this past year, it was basically just Cole and DeGrom, right? Wait, did we ever see Scherzer? Maybe Scherzer crept into the first round in some drafts. But I think definitely those three, Bieber, DeGrom, Cole in some order. Uh, I have Cole third at 11th overall. And by the way, like I, I think... I think Bieber, DeGrom, and Cole would probably all go in the top five in a points league if, if we were oh, yeah. doing... And that, that's why I think we kind of... It would be especially difficult, given the current environment, to just kind of do a one-size-fits-all list. But for Roda, I'll go Cole 11th.
0: Any pause or concern over what we've seen from Garrett Cole so far in 2020? Did, did it ever cross your mind to potentially take someone like you, Darvish, or Aaron Nola ahead of Garrett Cole?
1: No, I think it's a clear top three. I think Cole's been mostly great. He's had some home run issues at Yankee Stadium, which was fairly predictable. I think the level of concern I have for Cole is enough to drop him from one to three in the SP rankings, and, and uh, I, am, I would be thrilled to take him at the end of round one.
0: All right, I'm going to go back to a hitter here to round out the first round. You just said Garrett Cole, of course, 11th overall, and I am going to... Trey Turner, who as of now is batting 368. He has nine home runs, a power spike from Trey Turner that we're not used to seeing. Uh, nine home runs, 32 runs scored, five steals, four caught stealing. I still like the fact that he has been attempting steals this year, nine combined uh, at this point. And I think that we can see that rate of that success rate continue to improve as the season goes along here. And I think heading into next year, even at the age of 27 not overly concerned about that age i still think that we can depend on him for close to 30 steals over the course of a full season maybe even more than that i think he's certainly fast enough to do so i will take well Trey this is Turner. what i
1: mean by steals coming in bunches because remember it wasn't that long ago we were freaking out because he still didn't have one yet and he's gotten this five in his last 20 games mm-hmm. uh, so that's uh five for six in his last 20 games
0: Do you have a problem with Trey Turner going 12th Oh, no. We had the exact same 12. I mean, we were a little different on the
1: order, but the exact same 12. uh, (laughs) We
0: didn't plan this out either. It's pretty crazy. No. (laughs) No. Um,
1: Let's go through that order again while I pick out my number (laughs)
0: 13 here. All right, so the first round that we have here, Mookie Betts, Mike Trout. uh, Mookie Betts was not the first overall pick. It was Ronald Acuna. Mookie Betts, Mike Trout, Fernando Tatis, Shane Bieber, Jacob DeGrom, Juan Soto, Trevor Story, Christian Yelich, Cody Bellinger, Garrett Cole, and Trey Turner. You now have pick 13, Scott. What do you think? All right, this is definitely a roto-specific pick.
1: Roto-specific pick. Got to meet that steal's need early. And I think after a uh, curious 2019, this guy has uh, emphatically stated that he is still one of the more reliable power speed threats, and it's Jose Ramirez. Nine for nine and nine is what he has in the home run and steals category. I do think we're at a point now with Jose Ramirez where we got a question whether he'll be much help in batting average, but uh, yeah, I think he's worth taking here.
0: Yeah, Jose Ramirez as of now batting 250, but nine homers, nine steals, walking a ton again this season. Uh, but Spikes yeah. fights out. Probably in like that 250 to 260. But imagine that if you're at the turn and you start Trey Turner and uh, Jose Ramirez, you're looking pretty good in steals for yeah. the rest of your draft. And then obviously you could focus on some uh, pitching throughout the middle rounds there heading into next season. All right, so where do I want to go from here? I am thinking, and I believe that I am going to take... Should I take one of these guys that are also still struggling? I'm gonna go know, with Frank. I'm gonna go with a pitcher here. Double down yeah. on pitching. I think that's a good call. But which pitcher though? That's that's.
1: Uh, I haven't. I I could tell you
0: who I think, but it's it's like it's not obvious. Yeah. No, I, I think that there is a conversation for. Uh, I have three. Actually, there's I think there's four names in this conversation. I'm gonna go with you, Darvish. And I don't know if that's reactionary, but I think we have enough of a sample size now dating back to last season where it wasn't just the second half. It was like the final 22 or 23 starts of 2019. And now the first eight or nine starts of 2020 where that's, that's basically a full season now where Yu Darvish has been fantastic. The walks are down. The strikeouts are up. I think he's in the conversation for NL Cy Young with Jacob DeGrom. Yes, you can make the argument probably for Max Scherzer. Uh, but Scherzer's getting up there in age. Hasn't really looked the same. I'm going to take you, Darvish.
1: Okay, I'm going to take the one that I was thinking. And that's Aaron Nola. Who has been fantastic. I think even better than his numbers. And his numbers are pretty dang good. So, I there are definitely hitters you can make a case for instead. I don't know if when push comes to shove, Darvish and Nola if they're distant enough from kind of the next group of starting pitchers that they'll really go this early in round two, at least in a roto league. But I, uh, kind of following your lead here. Don't want to get left out of the pitching run. Don't know where you're going to go next. So I'll go ahead and take Nola here at, uh, what is this 15th
0: overall? That was 12, 13, 14, That was 15th overall. So the first three picks of the second round Jose Ramirez, you, Darvish, and Aaron Nola. Did you have a problem with Darvish, by the way, Scott? Or do you think he should go in this range?
1: I think Nola, and there's one other pitcher that I take ahead of Darvish for sure. But, like, there's certainly an argument. I mean, he might be the NL Cy Young winner. There's definitely an argument to be made. And I think he'll, I think he would definitely go at some point in round two, uh, at least between between us
0: fair enough 13 14 15 16th overall Scott I'm doing it I'm doing it I'm taking my boy I'm taking Manny Machado I don't know if it's too early this is factoring 2020 too much into 2021 but with the combination of Alex Bregman not really looking great so far in 2020 he's been banged up Francisco Lindor hasn't really looked like himself. What's going to happen in the offseason? Is he going to be traded? Is he going to wind up somewhere else? I think there are other pretty safe options here. I think Manny Machado's just back. I think he's back. I think the Padres lineup is awesome. I think Tatis has helped him a lot. Uh, Hosmer has been great. Jake Cronenworth has been there. Uh, so far, Manny Machado has 12 homers. He's chipped in a couple of steals. He has three steals. He's batting over 300. Counting stats are there. I'm taking Manny Machado, Scott it's really been a different
1: Manny Machado than we've ever seen before, because he's, he's always sold out pretty hard for home runs, hitting a lot of fly balls and the line drive rate is by far the best of his career. And that certainly explains his production so far. I'm just not sure how sustainable it is given his profile, given his history. So I, I probably wouldn't even have him in my second round, to be honest, but we know, (laughs) we know we're on (laughs) in different places with, uh, with Manny Machado. Um, You know, I still see so many hitters I can go with here and be equally satisfied. That I I think I want to. I think I want to keep hammering home the pitcher point. I really want. I I don't have a problem with that.
0: I don't have a problem with it.
1: Yeah, I really want it to be abundantly clear that this is the direction fantasy baseball is headed. If it wasn't already clear heading into 2020, should be even clearer now. And I think the next pitcher off the board, oh, I forgot about him. There's actually two pretty good candidates, but I'm going to go with Lucas Giolito as the next one.
0: Wow, that wasn't even one of the names that I had in mind. Interesting. Okay. Now, obviously, the last,
1: you know, he's really taken off with his last four starts. <laughs> yes, um, including a no-hitter. Yeah, yeah. But, I mean, everything's been up. He's been, he's been doing DeGrom-like things with the swinging strike rate. And uh, I don't know if he's worked with James McCann for all those starts, but they really seem to have a good thing going together. And hopefully that's something that can continue into next year. Uh yeah, but he, he looks better than he did during a breakout 2019 and is certainly
0: backing up that breakout. So you went Lucas Gilito, that was 13, 14, 15, 16. That was 17th overall. So so far in the second round, Jose Ramirez, you Darvish. Arenola, Manny Machado, and Lucas Giolito, and 18th overall. I'm also going to take a pitcher. Is it time? No, it's not time. I'm going with the other old man. I'm going to take Clayton Kershaw over Max Scherzer. Whoa, I I, forgot about Max Scherzer. Maybe he should have already gone. (laughs) Should he? Like, I think it's a conversation that we're like. Scherzer so far in 2020 hasn't necessarily. Been himself. I don't know if, if I'm overreacting. I, I just think Clayton Kershaw, like we have enough now. I, I think we have enough of him. He's moved away from the back injury. I'm not really worried about it. Yes, he's a little bit older. Same thing with Max Scherzer, but so far in 2020, through his first six starts, Clayton Kershaw has a 1.50 ERA and a 2.60 XFIP. He has a 0.72 whip. He's averaging 10 Ks per nine. His fastball velocity is actually up. In 2020. It's the highest it's been since 2017. I don't think Clayton, like, this isn't the Clayton Kershaw, you know, sub twos ERA. I don't think he's going to, that's going to remain, but can he pitch to a mid twos ERA over the course of a full season if he could stay healthy? 10 strikeouts per nine, really low whip. I think it's doable. I like Clayton Kershaw. Scott. Okay. 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 You're loud.
1: You're allowed. Um,
0: <laughs> Scott doesn't sorry. like my pigs.
1: Well, I'm, I'm, I'm disappointed that I left out Max Scherzer because I feel like he needs to go earlier. Uh, but I guess that means I need to take him here because I don't think there's anything wrong with him whatsoever. I, I, guess, I guess I overlooked him because he's pushed down far enough in the <laughs> two-date production, you know? Uh, because the ERA... The the whip. Uh, where's the whip?
0: They're they're not so great. They're obviously not up to usual. It's at one point three eight through Max Scherzer's yeah. first eight starts of twenty twenty. Yeah, that.
1: But like he he started slowly last year too, and that that's really all this is so far is a slow start. The strike the K per nine same as always. The swinging strike rate down just a tiny tiny bit. The velocity pretty much the same as always like I don't see anything skill wise that's really changed for Max Scherzer he's just you know hasn't hasn't gone on the the sort of run that would uh, repair his numbers to this point he will be turning 37 midway through next season so that's getting into some worrisome territory Um, but as the first second third fourth fifth sixth seventh eighth starting pitcher off the board I don't think you can really go wrong with that Um. Yeah, we're already up to eight starting pitchers now. What, 19 picks into the draft? We got five left in the second round. Man, there's some big hitters we haven't taken yet. Big yeah. hitters.
0: Yeah, there is. Uh, the first 19 picks. So, if you had to redo this, guy, where do you think Max Scherzer actually should go? Should he be the fourth starting pitcher off the board after Garrett Cole? Yeah, yeah.
1: It's, look, it's not obvious. It's not obvious. I'm, I don't think it's embarrassing that we left him out until now. Uh, the only one that's gone that I can say for sure I want Scherzer more than is, is Kershaw. Uh, not that, that Kershaw hasn't been very good this year, so I get why you took him. Um, I think you can make an argument for Scherzer as early as fourth still, and I definitely wouldn't take him later than eighth at the position, but last three weeks is going to say a lot, I think, as far as that goes, both how he performs and how guys like Gilito, Nola, Darvish perform.
0: All right, 20th overall. I am going to take one of those hitters, another struggling hitter in 2020, but someone who has been pretty consistent to this point, and I think that he will bounce back, and I I will take Francisco Lindor, 20th overall. I think that the speed, power combination that he's displayed in the past um, is legitimate, and I think that this is a good spot to get him, whereas normally in in a roto draft, uh, In 2020, he was a mid-first-rounder, late-first-rounder. Now you're getting him in the mid-second round. I think that's good value there, Scott. So 20th overall, Lindor, you're up 21st. 21st,
1: 22nd, 23rd. So I got two picks left. Got to make it count. Oh, man. Oh, man. There's too many good players left. That's what happens when you stack all these pitchers in. And by the way, I think there's one more pitcher that still needs to go here. I think so, too. (laughs) I don't know. I hope it's the same name. I hope so. Um, uh, But I think I would be remiss to leave out Freddie Freeman. Going to go Freddie Freeman here, especially given first base is, you know,
0: shakier than
1: we've seen in years past, and he's just so bankable. There's, There's really nothing bad you can say about Freddie Freeman.
0: Yes, that was Freddie Freeman, 21st overall. Uh, Updating you on the second round, Jose Ramirez, Yu Darvish, Aaron Nola, Manny Machado, Lucas Giolito, Clayton Kershaw, Max Scherzer, Francisco Lindor, and Freddie Freeman. With the 22nd overall pick, there are a lot of names left. You know, I probably pulled Manny Machado up the board, but whatever. It's fun. I love him. Um, (laughs) I'm going to take... The starting pitcher, I believe that we are referring to. And I am going to go with he, Walker Bueller.
1: Yeah, that's the one. That's the one.
0: Does he still deserve to be a second-round pick, Scott? I think so.
1: Yeah, I mean, it's really... He's, his, the disappointment from Bueller this year has really been in the Dodgers' handling of him. Um. And maybe maybe they'll treat him with kid gloves at the start of next year, too. But in a full-length season, you know he's going to have time to make up for it. He, he, he is definitely somebody who I think is going to be in the top five at this position for a long time. So to slot him down 10th, where we have him, the 10th pitcher off the board. How about that? 10 pitchers through two rounds in a roto league. I, he he would have been... He's the other pitcher that I felt like we needed to see. I'm glad we got all ten of them in. I don't feel like we really need to see any others in the first two rounds because the next names you would start considering are like Jack Flaherty. Okay, he's, hasn't really haven't really seen much of him this year. Sonny Gray, Luis Castillo. I mean, guys who uh, you just don't feel the same level of confidence in them. I don't think that those. That's probably the next wave at the position. Maybe Zach Allen enters that group. I don't know. So I think I think we got the right ten names represented at this position. I don't know. I'm I'm a, I might leave Clayton Kershaw out of my second round, but I it makes sense. It makes sense why he'd be ranked among this group. Twenty third overall, Scott. My last up. pick got to go with my boy Bregman.
0: Mm-hmm. I think can't leave a good, out Bregman. I think this is a good spot for him to go. Yeah.
1: Yep. Could end up performing like a top five player next year. Could end up performing like a top-five player from today on. There's there's one other underachieving third baseman that I'd like to be able to pick here, but uh, Bregman's the priority.
0: And now <laughs> now you put the pressure on me, Scott, because I'm trying to think. Uh, there's also an outfielder, right? There's a lot of names. And we'll go over a few of the names that like just missed a cut. Um, and we'll have a long time to talk about this in the offseason. I am going to go with... 24th overall in our 2021. This is the first mock draft we're doing. First two rounds. I will say that it should be... I will go with Anthony Rendon, 24th overall. And is that who you were thinking, Scott? It was not. Mm. No. Were you trying to pick who I was thinking? Maybe.
1: (laughs) It It would have been Arenado who really I don't have any concerns about. Uh, Rendon, probably a top two rounder at a points league since he's walking more than he strikes out. Um, other name I was thinking really should be in the top two rounds is Bryce Harper. Yeah, me too. But there's just not room for him. So somebody has to be left
0: out. Uh, Well, I guess in this case it ended up being Arenado and Bryce Harper. Yeah. You know, I think all those hitters will go in a similar range though. I think. Yeah, mid to late second rounders, potential early third round picks. Harper, Rendon, Arenado. Looking at the numbers now for Rendon, I mean they're not amazing. Two eighty eight, seven homers, nine forty six OPS. Definitely better in a points league. Um, but I was considering Bryce Harper. That was one of the names.
1: Yeah, yeah. I think I think it's possible we could have left some of these names out to get Arenado and Harper in we well, probably disagree over which names to <laughs> But no, that's fine. That's fine. I think I think it's pretty good actually. I, I feel great about the first round. I feel a little less confident in the second round, but that's that's the way it should be. So do you want to run through the two rounds again?
0: Yeah, let's do this. So our first round, 2021 mock draft, Ronald Acuna, This is for a roto draft. Ronald Acuna, Mookie Betts, Mike Trout, Fernando Tatis, Shane Bieber, Jacob deGrom. Juan Soto, Trevor Story, Christian Yelich, Cody Bellinger, Garrett Cole, Trey Turner. That was the first round. And then the second round, we had Jose Ramirez, Hugh Darvish, Aaron Nola, Manny Machado, Lucas Giolito, Clayton Kershaw, Max Scherzer, Francisco Lindor, Freddie Freeman, Walker Buehler, Alex Bregman, and Anthony Rendon. Nolan Arenado just missed the cut definitely can make the argument he should be there Bryce Bryce Harper I thought about Luis Robert too in a roto draft. I don't think it's crazy. The batting average's crazy. Is, the batting average is not fantastic, but uh legit at least four category production so far that we've seen. Batting average might fluctuate a little bit because he does strike out, you know, around 30% of the time, but he makes such hard contacts, God. It's kind of similar to Aaron Judge in that way where Judge can maintain a 270 to 280 batting average just because he impacts the ball so hard when he does make contact. I think that Mm. might be a similar case for for Luis Robert.
1: Uh, Anybody who's going to be a viable steal source who contributes something else probably deserves to go as early as round three in a Roto League. And and in Luis Robert's case, it looks like that something else is going to be lots and lots of power. Uh, Tim Anderson, I think, we might have to start thinking about him at this range in a roto league. I'm, I'm, I, I have faith in the batting average. I know he's going to be somewhat useful in steals. I'm still questioning the power production that he's performed at so far, and um, not ready to jump on him quite this high yet. But he was, he did, uh, he did, uh, he was part of my thoughts. Kyle Tucker is another one. Now it's interesting because Chris Chris Towers, especially, he talked about before the season how uh, as much as Robert was being hyped, Kyle Tucker uh, flying under the radar could end up having an even better season. And sneakily, very stealth-like, Kyle Tucker has outperformed Robert to this point in both points and Roto Leagues. So that's actually come to fruition. Now, I, I think if you went out and polled 100 fantasy baseball experts who would they rather have in a standard Roto next year? Um, almost all of them would say Robert, but Tucker's actually been better, and Tucker hasn't struck out much, like especially as the season's gone on. His strikeout rate's gotten to be pretty low, uh, and he's running. So I think it seems premature to say he's second, third round range yet, but three weeks from now, we may see him that way if things if things continue to trend as they have so far.
0: Fair enough. The last name that I'll mention, probably going to be like a third round pick, Corey Seager. Corey Seager has been fantastic and someone that we did really like. He's betting over 300. Uh, Really not going to give you steals, but I think in terms of like a Freddie Freeman type profile from the shortstop position, I think that's something that you can expect out of Corey Seager. All right. Take a quick break and quickly remind you that you can listen to Fantasy Baseball Today on your smart speakers that in addition to all the normal places you consume this podcast, we are also available on the smart speakers. All you have to say is, Hey Alexa, play full name podcast, Fantasy Baseball Today, or, okay Google, play Fantasy Baseball Today podcast to hear us when it's most convenient for you. And also, if you are a fan of this podcast, obviously you are, that's why you're listening or you're watching, we're asking you to just tell one person, you don't have to tell the entire world, but tell one person about Fantasy Baseball Today today. We appreciate it. All right, when we come back, we're going to answer your questions a mailbag here on Fantasy Baseball Today. Live Nation presents Concert Week. From now through May 14th, get $25 tickets to over 5,000 summer shows. Learn more about the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe at HyundaiUSA.com. Call 562-314-4603 for complete details. Mailbag, answering your questions. FantasyBaseball at CBSi.com. This first one comes from Jason. I know these could change because of injury or something, but 12-team, 8x8 categories league, with six keepers that we keep around earlier each year. I'm definitely keeping... Jacob deGrom in the 6th, and Walker Bueller in the 8th. So I have to keep four of these options. You ready, Scott? Sure. Charlie Morton in the 5th, Fran Reyes in the 7th, Hyunjin Ryu in the 14th, Kyle Tucker in the 15th, Kenta Maeda in the 16th, Marcus Semien in the 20th, Dylan Cease in the 22nd, and Luis Severino in the 24th. What do you think, Scott? I think... Ryu
1: in the fourteenth. Uh, this, uh, this is not order of priority. I'll go order a priority. Uh, Tucker in the fifteenth, based on what we just talked about. Kintomaida in the sixteenth. Probably Ryu in the fourteenth would be next in priority, but I think Severino in the twenty fourth is pretty high priority given the keeper structure. Like how mm. how many years is Severino going to be a stud for you if you're starting at round twenty four and just moving up around every year? So I think it's. I think that's a. Pretty. I feel pretty confident saying those are the four: Tucker, Maeda, Ryu, and Severino.
0: I agree, 100. percent Those are the four that I was thinking as well. So, Yeah, yeah. your and pitching's going to be stacked next year
1: be... too because you already have Degrom and Bueller. Ooh. You
0: have five fantastic pitchers, and you have Kyle Tucker, who top 15 outfielder upside to be even better than that, uh, based on how he's performed so far. So, uh, yeah, it's a nice little start there that you have Jason. This one's from Matt. Can you talk about your expectations for these five pitchers for the 2021 season and beyond? I need to keep three of them for my 12-team five-keeper Roto League. My other keepers will be Betts and Rafael Devers. Blake Snell, Tyler Glasnow, Mike Clevenger, Steven Strasburg, and Chris Sale. So... Maybe just give a quick thought on each one of them, Scott, heading into next year, and which three of those would you keep? Of course, we don't know the context, but let's just say all of the same value. Blake Snell, Tyler Glasnell, Mike Clevenger, Steven Strasburg, and Chris Sale.
1: My confidence is lower in all of these guys than it was coming into this year. Um, Glassnow probably has held the value the best, so he would be the easiest to keep. I think you have to keep Snell. I wish... I wish his workload wasn't a constant concern, but he's really good. Uh, and keep one more right between Clevenger, Strasburg, and Sale. I mean, I'm inclined to say Clevenger as of now, but if he's if he kind of staggers to the finish line, it might be Strasburg. I think Sale is just kind of too risky by comparison. I mean, I know Strasburg's having basically a season-ending injury too, but you know, not the same. Not to the same extent as sale. So right now, I'd
0: be inclined to say Snell, now, and Clevenger. It may end up Strasburg instead of Clevenger, though. And we've mentioned this on the podcast before. Steven Strasburg's value is, is like a roller coaster year in and year out. One year he performs awesome. We take him in the second or third round. Then he gets hurt. And then we get him in the fifth and the sixth round the next year. So as of now, that's just what I'm thinking, where I'm thinking Strasburg is going to wind up next year, Scott. I, I think he probably winds up back in like that fifth, sixth round range. Does that make sense? Yeah. Yep. Cool. This one's from Jason. Would you drop Shohei Ohtani, the hitter, for Garrett Hampson in a 6x6 OBP Dynasty League daily lineups? OBP Dynasty, Ohtani, or Garrett Hampson?
1: No, I, I mean, I assume you're just talking about the hitter version of Ohtani. It's on a platform that splits him up. Even so. No, especially since it's a daily league and especially... um. I mean, there's a chance Otani has to give up pitching.
0: There's a chance, and that might mean we see the that might get the best value out of him, Scott. If if we can get Otani, who just bats every single day, who only focuses on hitting, I, I think that he is a talented hitter. I think at times you know, when he's trying to split his focus between two different things, that's where he kind of gets himself in trouble.
1: I I think based on the way uh, these different platforms score. Otani, I, I think the best version of him would be one or the other. If he dev- if he devoted all his focus, like as a baseball fan, I don't want to see him do that. And mm-hmm. it doesn't sound like that's on the table really yet. Uh, but it, it could become that if the angels don't feel like they're getting full value on their investment because of the two way thing.
0: This next one's from Brooks. Four years ago, I won my biggest league, a five by five OBP head to head league, 10 teams. The past three years, I have either finished the regular season in first or second while dominating my league, but I have ended up choking in the playoffs. I am currently in first place this season. Are there any general general tips to reverse my recent playoff curse? My league does not have a trade deadline this season. Oh!
1: <laughs> I scoff at that, but that's okay. Interesting.
0: My pitchers include Garrett Cole, Sonny Gray, Lance Lynn, Alex Colomay, Ryan Presley, Tristan McKenzie. Charlie Morton, Lucas Giolito, Framber Valdez, and Kent Pretty good. I like that. My batters, Carlos Santana, Jose Abreu, who I picked up off waivers because a league mate Rage Dropped Him, LOL.
1: What? I can see why you're first or second
0: every year. <laughs> Jose Abreu? <laughs> oh, my gosh. This hurts my soul. Eugenio <laughs> Suarez, Starling Marte, Nicholas Castellanos, Nelson Cruz, and Alex Bregman any tips here scott i mean i this team is it is a ten team league so keep that in mind but this team is stacked in obP
1: uh, i i would say don't get too cute uh that is particularly if you have a history of losing in the playoffs there's a tendency to do that just start your best lineup like you would during the regular season and trust trust that you're talent's going to put you ahead and it doesn't always as a Braves fan, you should know it doesn't always in the playoffs. Uh, But if you stick to your approach, eventually it will.
0: And I will say in any type of head to head scoring format in fantasy, anything, it doesn't matter. And you see this a lot in fantasy football, but in fantasy baseball, fantasy basketball, in a head to head scoring context, the best team does not always win in that fantasy season. There is a luck factor involved. Once you get to that point, it's a matter of who is hot at that point. You have a fantastic team. All it takes is one week, and that one week being the playoffs, for all of those players to slump at the same time, and boom, you lose. So Mm -hmm. there is a luck factor, and sometimes you know there's not really anything that you can do to to change that. I think I agree with Scott. I think you just kind of don't overthink things. Play the best plays, and you should be... Uh, In pretty good shape, but I like that team a lot. So uh, good luck, Brooks, and his final note. P.S. Go Braves!
1: I thought you already read that one, yeah. That's why I mentioned he was a Braves fan. You (laughs) should know. You should know, Brooks, how this works with the playoffs.
0: (laughs) Uh, This next one's from Rich. Dear Carlos, Gio, Kyle, and Sixto. Ah. What are those? (laughs) Sixto,
1: Sixto, Sanchez,
0: obviously. What's the connection here? I, oh man, I don't know. I'm trying to figure this out right now. (laughs) I'll read off the question. I'll try and figure it out while (laughs) while you're answering the question. I am a 12-team 6x6 daily roto league with OPS and quality starts and playing this format for the first time after deciding to freeze our normal keeper rosters in a 6x6 head-to-head categories league. So normally plays head-to-head categories. This year they're playing head-to-head. No, they're playing a daily roto league. I got to say, I'm loving it. And with the help of the FBT crew, I'm comfortably in first place by 21.5 points with a couple weeks to go. Congrats. Let's go. The issue here is since this is a daily roto league, the players behind me are chasing the counting stats for pitchers with daily pickups, wins, Ks, and quality starts. Albeit, most have not thrived with the ratios with that strategy. Is there any way to. Is there any way to combat that to hold on without falling too far down in those counting stats, hence bringing me closer to the rest of the pack? I currently lead in ERA, whip, and quality starts, but have fallen to sixth in wins and third in strikeouts. And tied for first in saves, my pitchers are Bieber, Sonny Gray, Zach Gallen, Chris Paddock, Tristan McKenzie, Pablo Lopez, Corbin Burns, Dane Dunning, Ryan Presley, Zach Britton, and Devin Williams, is my staff good enough to hold on for the rest of the year, or is there someone that is expandable, and can use as a that I can use as a streaming slot in my staff? What do you think, Scott?
1: First of all, this is the big problem with daily lineup leagues that people can do this because this is really not the point of playing fantasy baseball. It shouldn't just be. <sighs> Plugging in the person who's playing that day to put you ahead. Um, but that being said, I don't think you want to play their game because what has you ahead is dominating those ratio stats that they're going to keep tripping over themselves in because they're doing this. You have to you have to keep those locked up. I think you look at where else you can gain ground, maybe in the hitter categories. Maybe it saves. Saves is an easy category to gain ground. Stolen bases is an easy category to gain ground. I don't, I don't know how easily you can come by a base dealer at this point. Um, but if you have ground to make up and saves, like pay really close attention to the closer turnover and go heavily after those guys because, you know, even if they don't work out, they're not going to hurt your ratios too much because they're so low volume. Uh, but yeah, look at the hitter categories. Power guys, you may be able to make up ground. In those categories, just by, you know, changing the type of hitters you start, and that would be how I approached it. I want it. I want to try and join in and chasing the counting stats for pitchers.
0: And I will add that in a daily lineup league. I think you know to combat this, you can either set uh, like a weekly limit on how many starts you can have, or just a yearly limit. And obviously, that changes things because then you, you're not just gonna pick up everyone and just start a bunch right. of players. You, to you need and- to do
1: something like that. I, like, yeah. I would definitely, I don't know if you're the commissioner or not, but I would definitely look into the structure of the league. I, I, I mean, I, I, nobody likes when I say this, but I think an elegant solution, if you want daily lineups, is to just have week, weekly waivers. And then you have your player allotment for the week and you can rearrange your lineup as much as you want. Not for everybody, I guess, but you need to, your solutions could work too.
0: All right, next up we have, this one's from Mark. I'm in a 16-team league, five keepers every year, head-to-head. Today I got an offer of Walker Bueller and Luis Robert for Wander Franco and Zach Gallen. I got Gallen for free as a throw-in in in an earlier trade this year. So in my eyes, it's basically Bueller and Robert for Franco. My other keepers are Nolan Arenado, Nate Pearson, Jesus Lozardo, and Bo Bichette. I have kept Franco the past two years already, just knowing how much hype he has. Would it be silly to trade him now, potentially the year before he plays in the bigs? Um, this is a 16-team head-to-head. just as head-to-head.
1: Oh, man. What do you think, Frank?
0: <laughs> yeah, so this is the age-old question of trading away especially in a Dynasty or Keeper context, a top-flight prospect for players who are already proven commodities. And, given and that- I mean, he was just a
1: top-flight prospect himself, so it's not like there's an age discrepancy, really, between him and Robert.
0: Yeah. And we already revealed our two-round mock. We took Walker Bueller ahead of Zach Gallin, and Walker Bueller is either younger or the same age as Gallin, so that's close. What you're kind of hoping that Wander Franco like performs as well as Luis Robert has already this season, right? I I would want Walker Buehler and Robert. I understand the hype behind Franco. Maybe he turns out to be like the next Juan Soto, but I've Wait, seen they only get from Robert, five keepers
1: right? every year. And it sounds like you have Bichette locked up in one of those spots, right? Would you want to keep two shortstops?
0: Also, uh. also a good point.
1: Yeah, I think I lean very slightly toward Bueller and Robert, but it's it's hard.
0: It is, and Gallon's great too. And if that's the case, you're probably not keeping Pearson. You're probably at that point then going Bueller, Luis, Robert, Arenado, Lozardo, and Bichette, right, Scott? Yep. It's close. That's that's the way that I lean. Yeah, is it points
1: or Roto too? That might make a difference. Ha- if it, it was his head, points, to head I think I'd go to with Franco.
0: Yeah, so he doesn't isn't he say head-to-head categories or head-to-head points, just yeah, says head-to-head. Yeah,
1: points or categories. So points I would say Franco cuz Robert looks like very much a more of a categories type player.
0: This was from Mike. What are you doing with Joey Gallo? I know he has a volatile profile, but he's been horrendous, especially recently. Will you hold on to him or drop him for someone like Ryan Mountcastle or Austin Riley? It's a volatile profile. He could hit
1: five home runs next week. I don't think you can drop him for those two. I know I sat him in a league this past week, but I felt uncomfortable with it. I think you just hold on.
0: Joey Gallo is batting 176 with seven home runs and 17 RBI. I remember it feels like just yesterday the season started and we were talking about how he wasn't striking out and this might be the year of Joey Gallo. And then he just, <laughs> gosh. Plummeted, so that is, that is the type of volatility that we're dealing with. I probably would not do it either. This one's from Ashton. I'm in a 10-team league, 10-team 10, 10 head-to-head points league. Keep three. One pitcher, one infielder, one outfielder. I punted this year after losing a few weeks and traded most of my team for next year's picks. Should I keep Yordan Alvarez or Austin Meadows? I traded Christian Yelich for a first and two fourth-round picks Next season. So, keep. you're I think Alvarez. Alvarez.
1: I think Alvarez, the fact
0: he ended up having
1: knee surgery, I think that's actually a good sign because it takes away that uncertainty. Um, certainly, we liked him more than Meadows coming into this season. Meadows has been bad. He's been kind of in and out of the lineup, too. Just the Rays have liked to mix and match so much. I'm not saying he won't be a full-timer going forward, but I feel like he's lost more value this year than Alvarez has, even though Alvarez hasn't played
0: at all. Hmm. Yeah. Yeah, that's fair. Now, I'm going to buy the dip, though, on Austin Meadows. I, I don't think that you know he is any less of a talented player, but I think he is going to fold down draft boards. I think he will be someone who suffers uh, from what he's done so far in 2020. So I'm going to be interested heading into next season. But if Jordan Alvarez is healthy, I think his upside is probably higher. Then Austin Meadows. Some team name Tuesday, Scott. This one's from Sam. Cool Dunnings.
1: Oh, with cool, like Chad Cool. Chad Cool. That is the rare case of cramming into
0: player names and it working. I like that. He also put in parentheses, please tell me you get this one, Frank. And I do. I watched a lot of Cool Runnings growing up. You're good with the kids' movies, it seems like.
1: (laughs) The movies geared toward children.
0: Yeah. I, I yeah. had a great childhood, and then after that, it just <laughs> you know, once I discovered fantasy sports, I every type of outside source of life pretty much went downhill for me. Scott, do you understand how to say this next one? Is it supposed to be said a certain phrase? Because I'm not understanding it. The one from Baron. Do you see it? Um, Eliezer. Eliezer, uh, this he does is magic. And that
1: sounds like Yasmani. Yasmani, money, money, Tomas problems to me. That
0: doesn't make a lot of sense. <laughs> uh, apologies, Baron. If you want to explain it, please email me and, and tell me how I got it wrong because I'm sure there's something that I'm missing here. This was from Robert on Twitter Harold and Kumar go to Mount Castle.
1: Mmm, yummy. Yeah, that's good.
0: <laughs> All right, some final APR Apple Podcast review questions. This one's from Jay Brandelis. It really does sound like Adam and Scott are singing the Beach Boys slash Domingo Santana song. I know it's someone else, but would they ever consider doing a rendition themselves? Scott, I know you like to sing. I don't like to sing as much as Adam <laughs> likes to sing.
1: That, that is something we definitely could think about doing
0: Let's and make probably it. not do. <laughs> I'll hit up Adam and see if he's, uh, if he's down for that. This was from MN Critter. Hey, guys, I'm in a 10-team head-to-head, uh, not head-to-head, 10-team total points league with unlimited daily moves. I need more bench space for pitching. Please pick two of the following players to drop. Ramon Loriano, Reese Hoskins, Jonathan VR, and Glaber Torres.
1: Oh man. Two to drop, two to drop in a points league. VR's easy then in a points league. Get him out of there. Loriano. I think that's pretty easy. Those two.
0: I agree. This one's from Jay Hendricks T. In a head-to-head category, Dynasty League. How would you feel about? A Patrick Corbin and Travis Darno for Whit Merrifield trade. Long-term and playoff implications. So I'm
1: a little scared of some of the trends we're seeing from Patrick Corbin this season, as I pointed out on the Monday podcast. But I'm not so scared that I'm ready to give up the potential high-end pitcher without getting one in return. I mean, Corbin is only 31. You could spin that negatively or positively. Um, but it, I think there's a good chance he has four or five strong years left. And with Merrifield's not a young guy either. So I'd rather hold on to Corbin in a dynasty context, especially.
0: Yeah, Corbin's getting up there. He's not young either. I think this is I, close. Yeah,
1: 31. He's 31. And yeah. I think Merrifield's
0: 31 also, right? Yeah. True. That might be right. <laughs> It might be wrong. <laughs> well, let's find out. Whit Merrifield is 31 years old. There you go. And did you know Patrick Corbin's age for sure, or did you just make I up? know it
1: for sure, because I mentioned it on the, the Monday podcast.
0: 31 years old. They are both 31 years old. I will agree with you. We'll go with Patrick Corbin. All right, Scotty. Do you ever
1: disagree with me, Frank? Does it ever happened?
0: Yeah, I'm sure it has.
1: I know it's happened at least once before. I recall one time when it happened.
0: Yeah. Maybe we need to start disagreeing more. I'll start to think of some things that we can just... You, you love Seinfeld. Uh, apparently, you know, I, I, not really for me, but there you go. You haven't given it a chance,
1: Frank. Yeah, I guess. There's not enough magical forest creatures in it for you,
0: I guess. <laughs> There's not enough hours in the day, Scott, to watch all these shows, watch all these movies, and continue to keep up with all of our fantasy baseball knowledge. All right, please let us know. What did you think of our two-round mock, our first for 2021? Leave us a comment on YouTube. Hit us up on Twitter at Roto underscore Frank at CBS Scott White on Twitter. Send us in some emails. What did you think of our first uh, two-round mock draft? I'm sure we left some players out, and of course we had some omissions, but it was fun, and I'm sure it's going to change throughout the course of the offseason. He is Scott White. I am Frank Sample. Thank you all for listening and watching Fantasy Baseball today on our YouTube channel. We'll be back again tomorrow. Bye-bye!